They say small business is the backbone of America. So what's the best way to support a small business? It is to learn more about them and share with your family and friends. We interview founders from across the world who have started and scaled their business through the ups and downs, long hours, and the rewards that come from sacrificing their time to build their business. Welcome to First to Arrive, Last to Leave, The Journey of an Entrepreneur. Welcome to another episode of First to Arrive, Last to Leave. I'm here with my co-host, Erin Greger, the founder of Pod Growth. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I was joking, though. I'm on the other side, and it's really weird over here. It's like Different a lighting. Yeah, I'm just like, where did I wake up? But yeah. So, Erin, I would love to hear about how you became Erin in the terms of like an entrepreneur, because... At the more I sit down with you, the more I learn about you, the more I talk about you with other people, the more I learn about you. So I kind of want to hear it in in your voice. <laughs> yeah, I've I've kind of, I've been around for a while. Um, I have a I grew up on a farm, and the only reason I tell that story is because I was bored at the age of five. I had an older brother and sister, and so at five, I asked my dad, "I need something to do because I'm home by myself," or I wasn't home by myself. I wasn't neglected, but I was like, everybody else is working. I want a job. And so I've had that since the age of five, just that work ethic, uh, worked really, really hard, worked hard through college, all that. And, but as much as my dad was an entrepreneur, he also really instilled in me, go get a job and be safe. Like, I think he just got his butt kicked. Like, and when mother nature, when you're at the mercy of mother nature every year, I think it probably takes its toll on you. And so I had that, like, I'm going to go get a job. And so I went and got my first job. It was with Accenture. Uh, and they, they said, what's your, what's your asking salary? And I said, 35000 And they said, we'll pay you forty two. I was like, oh, oh, my gosh. And then, like, I got weekends off and holidays. I've never experienced such a thing. And, mm-hmm. like, it was insane to me. And But then at that same time, I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it really changed my perspective where I realized my dad was teaching me the poor dad ways of go and be safe and get a job. Mm -hmm. And so I learned to own just I started stock trading. I started real estate investing and that. But I kept my corporate job because I did my calculation. If I got a three percent raise every year, I was going to be rich by 30. So I thought. (laughs) And so fast forward at I was doing pretty well. I got 27, 28-ish is when I met my first husband. And I had, he was here in Dallas. And um, I literally had two homes. I had a home in Phoenix and I bought a second home here. And so I lived between the two. And he was a student, a PhD student. He was working on his PhD. And he came to me over the summer and he was like, you know, I need to work or something. And I said, hey, if you had to work prior to me moving here, you need to work even with me here. I'm not your sugar mama. (laughs) So he went to Sears and he was like, this is the worst thing of my life. I cannot do this for the summer. Like, what can we do? And through this whole thing, I'm a huge dog lover. I am a huge dog rescuer. Mm -hmm. And I had this great group of friends in Phoenix where if I went out of town, they'd take my dog and we'd exchange dogs. And so I was like, well, what do we do now that I had two dogs at the time and Long story short, we started real, and I realized the world of pet sitting. So through that, I was like, okay, well, we'll start this business. Mm-hmm. Had no idea how to start a business. Literally Googled my way through it. Uh, a year later, we needed somebody to take care of our animals. I was calling 
everybody, no one would call me back. And so I was like, huh. And this like kind of like, I was still working a corporate job, but like that just like went ding, 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 ding. Mm-hmm. So I taught myself Google AdWords and just doubled down and did great. Like I was, I was a storyteller. So through that blog, I would share stories and I realized I would drive the traffic to the site, mm-hmm. but the stories would sell them. So it was like, they'd be looking at three different sites, but it was those stories that specifically sold them. Mm-hmm. So I was able to just double down and go in on, by the, in five years, I had bought out two competitors. I had 12 full-time employees who, was, who were working for me. And my ex was getting ready to leave Dallas. So originally our thought process was he was gonna get his PhD. We were gonna move back to Phoenix. I had an employee who was like, I'm ready to, I want to do this full time. She left her accounting job Mm -hmm. to manage one of the people we had bought. And so I ended up just selling the whole thing to her. Then through that, I just kept trying new businesses. Like there was, the second one was a spray tanning business. And I was like, oh, you know what? I see an opportunity for this. Built a mobile side, had three salons, sold that. (laughs) Yeah. So I just tried different things. Like it was like, huh, I want to try this. And then I like work really hard at it, kind of probably burn myself. We just had a great conversation about yep. burning yourself out, burn myself to a core, but then just see these opportunities. And like, I want to try that. I can't imagine. It's like a blessing and a curse. I can't imagine building a business and just sitting on it for 20 years yeah. while it grows. Yeah. I mean, it's like a dream, right? You build it where you just, and I'm like, why didn't I do that? Like, I'm like, I'm tired of this. Here you go. And then I start over. I'm like, what am I doing? So I got to shift that mindset. But yeah, so it's just been a journey. I've been around here, and then I know we can talk about. I know you want to talk more about the Entrepreneur Summit, but that was a, a venture I went into, and through that, started. You know, I've I've always had the same kind of process in my businesses where I can drive traffic, whether it's Google Ads, social media ads, whatever. I get that understanding of how to drive traffic. I understand the the content part of the storytelling, and I'm able to use that to to scale and grow yeah and that's kind of been the, the same formula throughout the companies but and that's how I ended up getting into podcasting too it was that's a, a long route also there's a lot I am I'm, I'm at a loss for words <laughs> because there's a lot I didn't even know about those two previous mm-hmm. so to go from I like this idea or this could be to scaling and selling like where was your mindset on a, I mean how yeah. So <laughs> I learned in my first business and it's still a lesson to learn, but the biggest lesson I learned in my first business was I had this like need to be the most amazing part. Like I had to be connected to everything mm-hmm. and I was the person and I had to know all our clients and I had to know all this. And it got to a point where we were getting so busy. I just physically couldn't. And because we had a different what 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 kept us apart from everyone else was we put this model together that no stranger would ever walk into your home. So you've got companies that are key passers and you just don't know. I have we do a lot of rescue. I have insane dogs. I can't have strangers walking into my home because I don't know what's going to happen to you. if you do. Right. So we had this whole business model that no stranger would ever walk into your home. So you always had a first and a secondary sitter. If your first was unavailable, your secondary was there. And our, and then if we couldn't provide your first or secondary, we would send somebody else to your house for free that you would meet, meet the pack, do all that. We also were very into like, we, we were pit bulls and Rottweilers. Like I love those dogs, I'd take them all. So 
I always wanted to touch all those people. Like, I'd be your secondary if not. Yeah. The biggest lesson I learned was when I started bringing on people who could manage. I thought I didn't want to let go of being that touch point. And when all of a sudden they would talk to me about clients, and I had no idea who I, who they were. It was the greatest feeling in the world. I'm like, I'm not needed. And everything's running just fine. Mm -hmm. So that's been a growth perspective of I don't need to be the one who's there all the time. And sometimes that's hard, especially when you're trying to, you know, when you've got a, a balance sheet where yeah. it's hard at that sense to to keep growing. And I know like even as we were growing um, the podcasting company, because it, it hasn't been pod growth forever. That's just a new thing. I had a business partner. And that's one thing I kept preaching to her was you've got we've got to set up the pricing we've got to set up everything mm -hmm. that we are replaceable and that has always been a huge philosophy of i continually am looking at how do i take myself out of the equation and how do i get myself replaceable mm -hmm. because that has been the biggest lesson learned as an entrepreneur and one of the ways it's like i got to fit people in here i don't want to be the one doing this on a saturday right or on a sunday or at night when my kids need me or whatever it is, like I've got to continually get myself out of this and keep putting people in place to do it for me. Yeah, that who, not how. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But that's how I've always thought of scaling. It's not how can I go in and do this, but how do I put the people in place to help me do this and grow? So what brought you to Entrepreneurs Summit? How did that happen? Um, a little insanity. So I had, <laughs> and how I got into podcasting was I went into the online world. And started doing like online coaching, online programming. And I was getting on a plane to um, San Francisco. And I was like, you know, this is weird. I'm willing to fly halfway across the country to go to an event, but I'm not willing to drive 30 minutes to Dallas to go to an event. Because in Dallas, it was just the same people over and over and over again. Great people, great people. But I knew if I didn't make the trip down there, that same person was going to speak in two weeks anyway. So it was okay. And so I just got this great idea that I was going to put together an event, not knowing what the hell I was doing or ever doing an event before. Mm -hmm. And I had this idea that I was just going to put it out there and like everybody was going to be like, oh, this is genius <laughs> and come. And I was going to fill up. And I thought in three months I could get a room of 600 people. Like it was really crazy. And but I put it out there and like people were into it, not 600 people into it, but people were into it. And it was like the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, like physically. So at this time that I'm putting together my first summit in three months, which is just insane. Um, I have a house out in like I'm still real estate investing. I have a house out in Phoenix that's like it's a nightmare. It's like anything that could go wrong with the situation could like I'm trying to plan the summit and I've got a girl who let elite go and I, like the whole house is molded out like I mean it's oh just like God. so I'm like piled with I can't like I'm consumed with stress and I'm like this was I think the dumbest thing I've ever done and I brought in speakers from all over one of my speakers gets snowed in like I mean it was just crazy and I'm like I did it I will not have any regrets around this and I'm so happy I did it I'm never doing this again because physically like grinding my teeth I'm putting on weight and I cannot describe it how much it's like having a baby. Like you are nine months in and you're like, this is miserable. I can never do this again. <laughs> and then you have the baby and like six weeks later, the baby smiles at you and you're like, 
let's do this again. <laughs> so I put this event and like people are like, this was amazing. Oh my gosh, this event was great. And I'm like, it what really like and people are like connecting and that's exactly what I wanted for right. this event. Like that's I was like, oh my gosh, and people can learn and they can connect. So when all this started happening, I'm like, I'm gonna do another one. And then Aaron style, I'm like, I'm going to call Robert Hershevik and see if he'll be, he's like from Shark Tank. And that's like my dream. That's a dream ask, right? Mm -hmm. So you have three dream asks. Robert Hershevik was one of them. I just really loved him. George W. would be another one. Like I still think about bringing the summit back to bring George W. on the stage because we saw him at at summit. He's amazing. And I've seen him. It was the second time I've seen him. And Jay-Z. Like those are like the people I would just love to meet. And, Mm -hmm. but so, (laughs) excuse me, I put on this bigger event and, it did well, but there's so many moving parts to an event and not taking my own advice, trying to fill those profits. I was doing it all myself. Like I had a great AV team and they were helping me. I had a sales team who was helping me, but there were a lot of parts that I was taking on myself and it was just, it was stressful. And that same Phoenix house is still causing me stress because I'm trying to sell it now. We had remodeled the whole thing and now I'm trying to sell it. And it was just, it was very hard because I lost a lot of money because those speakers are not cheap. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a lot of, you know, just hotels. I think it's one of the most stressful things to work with a hotel because the expenses never end. Like you don't know what you're going to owe until the very, when you finally get the bill and you get all these plus pluses, like you don't know like how many people are going to, like how you're going to, if you're going to feed, what, how much coffee you're going to go through. It's like, and the coffee's made of gold, like all these things. (laughs) And I I had a really great year, but I didn't match expenses. So I lost money there. I lost money on this real estate deal. It's just falling apart. I was like, I really, I don't know if I ever would have like done anything, but I know what feeling at rock bottom felt like because I felt like I failed everything. And I remember my husband coming home and I was just sitting there and he's like, are you okay? I'm like, I, I'm not like, I, I'm, this is so hard right now. Like I feel, and, but the problem was too, everybody thought I was killing it. Like, they're like, you've got these people on a stage, you're filling, you've filled a room. Mm -hmm. This is amazing. And I'm just smiling, like "Mm, everything's really great. It's really great. And I was just like, I feel like I'm about to bankrupt my family. I feel like... I've screwed everything up. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. Thank you. Yes. It's, I love being an entrepreneur, you know, and I'm dying inside. So it was really hard, but I refuse to go out that way. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I won't let this be the end. And I won't walk away and say I failed, even though I still kind of feel like I did, but I came back a third year, changed things around mm-hmm. and was able to to turn the profit. So, and then my husband said, if you ever do this event again, I'll divorce you. (laughs) 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 So it was very stressful on all of us. But it's hard because I still loved gathering those people. I still loved putting those people on stage that I knew could help them and offer them. And I still, it's been, I think, five years since my last one. And I Mm -hmm. still hear people like, I met so-and-so through the summit or I love the summit or I did this. And it was an ego boost too. Like I felt, I literally went into hiding after that. And I get very emotional about this because I was so humiliated by the whole thing, even though to everyone, it was amazing. I was so embarrassed because I felt like I just messed up. And I had this like fear that if I came out, people would be like, 
oh, what is she doing now? Like, oh, now she's onto something else. Like, I really thought people cared a lot more about me than they did, and I had to learn about that. But there was this exercise we did in Goldman where I listed, like, my network of people, and I'd built this beautiful network of people, just amazing people, mm-hmm. that I basically just ditched because I literally hid for three years because I just was exhausted and even though like I turned it around and pulled it it was like I just took everything out of me and I couldn't get out of the hole so it was a very um great experience in many ways it taught me a lot it taught me I had I had these sales and and like I said it's so crazy to me because I still turned the profit I still did well but there was just something that like was screaming failure to me on this that I and then I'd be like maybe I don't know how to run a business maybe I like maybe I don't know what I'm doing so who am I to try to teach others how to do this or do anything about this Mm -hmm. and yet to this day like when people ask about building an event I'm like oh no it was Facebook it was ads and it was this and it was the podcast and getting people to drive that's how I could you know get a room of people but it's just it was an interesting it was an interesting experience for sure and I know, like you've mentioned, like people still tell you about it too, which is yeah. crazy to me. Or, or at, like mention, you know, I've heard so many things about it. Yeah. And yeah. like, oh, you're working with Aaron, and I'm like, oh, I, and to be honest, before meeting you at Summit, yeah. I didn't know you. Yeah. So it was nice to. It's also nice to, you know, reaffirm, like, oh, you're like working with great people. Mm-hmm. But I find it interesting because I actually look up to you I think you're one of the most um, intelligent people that I've ever met and are extremely articulate and to see how upsetting that oh, is so is it makes me upset because I'm like how one dare you think of yourself <laughs> that way because I, no one I it's hard because there's a confidence thing mm-hmm. right there's like that this is where like ego comes into it and like I've had pretty bad experiences in business too but it's it's you don't see yourself the way other people do. Yeah. Right? It's, it's yeah. true. And I'm over here was going to say, oh, my gosh, you should do another summit. And then just seeing the amount of work, it's like becomes one of those things like just because I can doesn't mean that I should. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Um, maybe there is a another path forward for an event and it doesn't have yeah. to be what it how torturous as it was yeah. for you. But. Well, and I know, too, I know what I did wrong. So I went to events put on by Entrepreneur Magazine, and I was like, (laughs) I want this. Okay, Entrepreneur Magazine's budget is a little bit different than my budget. Mm -hmm. And I was in this, excuse me, mastermind with all event planners. So it's friends of mine who created Podcast Movement, um, my friend PT who did FinCon, and like they, and PT kept saying to me, Aaron, if you just put something in front of entrepreneur, woman entrepreneur, manufacturing entrepreneur, uh, online entrepreneur, whatever that is, he's like, it's going to make your life so much easier because you just, it's the niching down, right? And I was like, I want, it's like the, the, the listing of everything you shouldn't do, I did, right? And so I know now too of those things of looking back, you know, I was trying to compete with a multi- million at least dollar company who can write articles about these speakers and say you come speak for us for free and we'll feature you in an article and they'll do it at a drop you know right I didn't have the magazine I didn't have all these things so I definitely know now what I did wrong and I could fix it but yeah like it's uh and not do one in three months 
and you know what I mean? Like all these, yeah, all these like don't do, don't do, don't do. But, but isn't yeah. it interesting that you compared it to doing something that Entrepreneur Magazine did and you still pulled it off and you did it three times? Yeah. I mean, that's a credit to all of yeah. that hard work. Yeah. No, it was, like I said, it still, it still had impact on people. It's still, I mean, I look back and some of those moments were some of the best. Like I truly, it was amazing. Um, but yeah, like even the Robert Hershevik, I was up, my dad and I were up at 5 a.m. that day. We went to the, we were at the hotel at 5 a.m. Like, I love, there was some AV issues. One of the guys who was working with me tried to protect me and it kind of backfired. Like, it, and so we were there at 5 a.m. taping down wires. I mean, like, because I'm like, it's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. Like, mm-hmm. and, and so... I'm so tired that day. Like, it's just so funny. Like, you, you think you're going to, like, be all dolled up and perfect. It was, like, the fact that I just showed up that day was, like, a miracle. You know yep. what I mean? <laughs> and so it's just funny looking back on those moments of just, but still some of the best memories I've had. Like, it was it was great. It was a blessing and a curse. Yeah. So where did you go from that point to where you are now yeah so honestly I didn't know where I was gonna go um I was pretty broken and I had um she was my good friend and we decided to start a podcast and it was originally gonna be I I through the summit I came across a lot of companies who were really trying to become you know everybody's a technology company Mm -hmm. Hilti's the perfect example of this if you know the name Hilti it's a construction tools company like their construction company and they've got this beautiful office and but they're like a technology company like they have IOT in their tools and all this stuff so we saw this opportunity where we could feature companies that maybe that were looking for the talent pool right Mm -hmm. but the talent pool may not look at they're going to go to Google or Apple right they're never going to think of some of these companies so that was our initial goal and we started this podcast and then we joined a network and um through that and then we needed a studio and so through that we started helping other people mm-hmm. and it's interesting if you would have said oh you're going to start a podcast production company I would have been like no 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 <laughs> that's not what we're going to do but it just kind of morphed into that mm-hmm. so that's how I ended up here and and just really focusing on helping businesses again it kind of goes full circle because my first company it was about storytelling and that's where it was about driving traffic and yep. storytelling and getting people connected that way and being able to do that and so um it's this full circle moment and like i said you know lessons learned of a partnership and um all of that but it just kind of kept working into okay so this is what it's going to be and this is what it's going to do we started one thing and then turned into a totally different thing and where does goldman step into the story yeah so i was (laughs) it's i share this too so goldman was last or end of 2021 and I had I knew Lynn O'Neill for a really long time Lynn O'Neill would send like one one of the people we were talking about um Ted I met him through Lynn O'Neill because yeah. she brought him to the summit and I I knew Lynn and I knew these amazing people I kept meeting who were from the Goldman Sachs program so I always had it on my radar mm-hmm. and I had applied and gotten in and at the same time, I was ready to pull the plug on the business. I was just really fed up with stuff. I was tired. It was not going in, in a direction it needed to go. And so I was like, I'm ready to 
at the end of the year, I'm going to pull the plug. And I got into Goldman. Mm -hmm. And then my husband's like, I don't think you can be in the program if you don't have a business. I'm like, well, maybe I can like go off of previous businesses or something. And I'm very happy it worked out the way it did. I stayed in. And it made me, A, build my confidence again, but also realize I did actually kind of know what I was doing, but Mm -hmm. just refined what I knew, right? And it helped me get excited about the business again. I hated the, I really, at the end of 2021, I, I was, I was really angry. I I had a lot of anger, um, just about where things were and what was happening. And, and it made me like get a bright spot for it again and get excited about it. Like, Oh, all I have to do is like shift a thing here, shift a thing there. And I can look at this bigger picture. Um, I, maybe I want to start, you know, getting fun. I would always be so against the banks and so against, um, or maybe I do want to acquire, like, you know, I've, maybe I do want to acquire this company and build that way. So it, it brought like a whole different energy to it. And that's when I realized too, it, I needed to start thinking about splitting up the business too, because there were some things like, it really was about a financial decision. It was about, I want to start buying up companies and an, an expansion perspective. Mm-hmm. And I'm, it's like a marriage. I don't want to get further financially bound. Does that make sense? Yep. So I'd rather, at first I was going to like create separate companies and then I'm like, this is too much work. And so that's where that's, it was all through Goldman though. So it was like a, a total blessing and just the people I've met, the like the, I call it a family through it. Mm-hmm. It's just been, it, it's the gift that just keeps on giving. Yeah. Well, and I think the net, like networking and showing up for each other and like like you say, going, I go on hikes with other graduates. Yeah. But they they more so understand. We understand each other because, perfect example, no one sees that emotional side of it. Yeah, they just see you, or they just see a vision of what an entrepreneur is, and it's they're on a yacht, or they just bought this expensive mm-hmm. house, and like just because that is what it looks like, um, forward facing, doesn't the the stress and the anxiety and the things that we have to take on and that we shoulder, it's not just us. If we have employees, right? you're responsible for those employees. I mean, there is so much more yeah. to it. And I think you being so candid about it really will allow people to understand that it's not for the faint of heart. It's not for the faint of heart. And I think, too, there's ebbs and flows. And I think that's one thing in my life I've had to really learn is like, I get really down in the downs, right? Where I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like, end it, you know? And it's like, that we've talked about stoicism before too. And it's like the ups aren't going to last forever, but the downs aren't going to last forever too. And it's like, instead of getting swept up in the, and that was one thing I did with the summit when I felt like I was drowning, it was like, okay, take a breath. What can I control in this moment? I can control traffic to my website. I can turn on some faucets and drive more traffic to my website. That's what I can control right now. I can control getting like, I can call five more people a day for sponsorship, right? So it's like that focus. And when you are in those valleys where it's like, oh my, it's like just take a deep breath and be like, okay, what are the things that I can actually do? Like COVID, I can't control what the government's going to shut down. I can't control these things. What are the things that I can look at and control in my business right now that can move the needle forward? Mm -hmm. And I think it's a constant look at that and it, It'll take you out of the, oh, my gosh, like, this is really overwhelming and bad. It's like, right. okay, just wipe away some of the stuff and, you know, focus a bit more. So what's next for Aaron? What's on the radar as, like, 
like just like with the dog business like oh this looks interesting what's what's oh. what are you curious about now no curiosity right now <laughs> um not super curious but so i really want to focus on on paw growth and getting this to a place of i always i always joke like it's like living in the house like remodeling your house and getting your house to a place that you're ready to sell from a perspective of maybe you don't want to sell it but you enjoy living in that house a lot more versus when there's stuff to constantly clean up yes so really getting pod growth to a place where our processes like i know i've got competitors but it's like really understanding where we are different and it's been a a dig to of our lane was podcast production that's what we're going to do and then your marketing team is going to take this and and what we found is that it's it's it doesn't work that way because the marketing teams aren't doing what they're supposed to to grow the podcast. And so then companies are coming to us saying, well, it's not working. We're going to stop producing. It's like, no, you're do- you're not doing 50 things we've recommended here. So it's taking on those things and really being that one size fits all of it's so much more than just recording a podcast. That's only the tiny, tiny portion of really making this thing work for your business mm-hmm. and focusing on being that company that does all of it in helping as a whole for the podcast and then the podcast guesting side too. Mm-hmm. I do want to start acquiring companies for that because we have, I have a team that's starting to build that and it's it's a slow roll where I think acquisition is going to be a much easy, faster path, let's put it that way. So focusing on those, um, I do, I'm helping my kids with their own businesses. We're working on that. I have there's something that tugs at me on women empowerment and helping girls yep. and believing in themselves. I go on off about this to you daily yeah. about women and how we shoot ourselves in the foot and it drives me insane. I think we can do better. And it's like, what can I, instead of bitching about the problem, what can I do personally to help mm-hmm. make the problem better? Can't solve it all, but you know, what can we put together to help women get out of their own way and out of their own head? And it starts at young girls, right? Yep. And um, that's, that's we're we're building we have a little t-shirt brand that I've helped them build and like they're learning marketing and selling that and so it's just kind of fun to teach them what profit margins are yeah. and what branding is like my daughter came to me one day she was working on a design and I'm like well what do you think about this one she's like I don't think it's on brand I'm like yes yes that is a yes I'm so happy you said those words like <laughs> it's like I've done my job here but but anyway but that's that's where I'm focused right now Okay, so if someone wanted to start a podcast, start a podcast, grow a podcast, where would they find you? Podgrowth.co. So podgrowth.co is going to be the best place to find me. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm very active over on LinkedIn, but uh, definitely head over to podgrowth.co. And if you have any questions, I'm here to answer them. And she really is the best. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs>